I found 1212 right after I miscarried our first baby and I got connected with them. And before 1212, I felt very alone. After I got connected with the podcast and the small groups, I had people to come alongside with me in this journey that I'm on. Impact stories like this one are only made possible by donors like you. To donate to 1212 Ministries, text the word 12 to 345-345. Thanks so much for partnering with us. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Purpose Beyond Motherhood podcast. I'm here with my awesome, hilarious, just soap together podcast. That is extremely comical. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Hello, friends. You guys, Holly's here with me, and um, this is a really special episode today because we both know this infertility journey um, just so well. And uh, we're talking to Dr. Stephen Collins. Um, he is a medical professional um, in the infertility world. And Holly, I know you've shared your story a couple of times on the podcast about just, you know, seeing a specialist and doing IVF. And, you know, I think yes. it's just so cool to have a supportive doctor. Yes, absolutely. Just reading um, his bio and learning more about him as well, I think. There's such a value in having a godly believing doctor that is going to support you in in those ways, especially with the decisions you have to make with fertility treatments and different things. So I really respect his expertise for sure. Yes. Yeah. This was a really, really great informative um, conversation. And Dr. Collins, he's actually going to be one of our guest speakers at Refined happening on April 29th. And so if you're not in the DFW area, you guys, we're going to be streaming too. So you can still join us. Love it. You should definitely tune in. Yes. So here is our conversation with Dr. Stephen Collins. Woo. You were made for more and created for such a time as this. Whether you are a mother or not, who you are and whose you are is completely wrapped up in God and not the positions or possessions of this world. Welcome to the Purpose Beyond Motherhood podcast. I'm Nicole, serial entrepreneur, dream catcher, and founder of 1212 Ministries. Hey, and I'm Holly. I'm a mom and a wife and a woman that wants to walk alongside other women struggling through infertility and finding their identity as a mom. God is calling out to your purpose beyond motherhood, and we're holding the microphone so that you can hear it loud and clear. You are here for purpose and on purpose. Together, we can make a difference when we show up and view our puzzle pieces through the lens of Christ. Hey, Dr. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Nicole. It is just a pleasure to get to be here with you. Thank you. I'm really so excited about this conversation, Um, you guys. And so I had the pleasure of, of meeting Dr. Stephen. He just is like, all the things, just a wealth of knowledge. And I'm so grateful for the Lord for just connecting us. And I just thought, hey, we have got to talk with Dr. Stephen. I know um, so many of you guys have just questions about infertility and just what that looks like, not only from the side, like a biblical side, but what does that look like medically? And and what, you know, can we, what questions do we have? You know, how can we, you know, still honor God, but then possibly, you know, use medicine to make this God dream come true, basically. And so 
Dr. Stephen. Super excited for you to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's it's my pleasure. Um, yeah, and I and I was grateful uh, to to have kind of the good fortune of connecting uh, with you, Nicole. I, I think I told you when we when we first met that it was kind of random. We were doing some church shopping upon our recent move uh, to Texas, and uh, one of the churches that uh, we have since. Uh, kind of faithfully continued to go to by by good coincidence, uh, Frisco First Baptist. Um, they were hosting an event that you guys were were having back in the fall, and uh, and just seeing that kind of flash across in the first week that I was there, I was like, okay, hey, this is this is wonderful. I, I recently had moved from Connecticut, where uh, groups that were faith based to support women and couples who were going through a struggle in a season of uh, of longing for a child that that had not yet been met or, or who had been through that we just didn't see that that much in the northeast and and to get to uh, find out that this is here it's happening and and women are coming together and families are coming together in a way to support and to point towards the lord through all of this uh it was just such an encouragement to me so i'm, I'm thankful for the work that you do and for the encouragement that you provide uh, to, you know, to other sisters in Christ and to other couples. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Well, Dr. Stephen, really quickly, tell everybody a little bit about you, um, sure. you know, and kind of just your story and, and how you got started. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I never expected, uh, if you had asked me, even through, you know, through college or the beginning of med school that I would end up as a reproductive endocrinologist, never would have, never would have picked it. I, I went to med school um, uh, intending on both being a, a clinician and a scientist um, focused on studying neurogenetics. I had a brother who has uh, Tourette syndrome, and that was my motivation for becoming a doctor. And I didn't want to just treat kids who were experiencing Tourette syndrome, but also to help to devise new approaches to understand how to uh, do a better job to treat this. But uh, but God takes us where he wants us, right? And, and he put that upon my heart for a reason in a season. But then during um, my my training, when I was pursuing my PhD, I had the opportunity to um, work on a side project, looking at some of the genetics of menopausal age and, and ovarian failure. And, uh, and just hearing the stories and, and meeting with young women who in their 20s all of a sudden found that their opportunity to have a biologic child uh, was gone. They had reached menopause at an unforeseen age and, and oftentimes due to some genetic factor. And it just blew my mind because, you know, here I was pursuing kind of a long uh, academic path. And I had, you know, female colleagues who were pursuing that same. And to imagine that even getting through training and, and not being able to have kids on the other side of that just, just blew my mind, right? And we see women who choose, uh, you know, well, I'm just going to spend some time on my career and uh, and then have kids even in my 30s. And all of a sudden, if that door is closed, um, it's just something that that just moved me. And I said, hey, this, mm -hmm. there's something here. There's something that I can do that's um, both really fascinating from a medical and, and scientific side, but also just really um, heartbreaking and an opportunity to walk alongside women who are going through that uh, and couples who are going through an infertility journal, journey in any way. Uh, really just felt like where where my heart was being pulled towards. Um, in that season, I can't say that I was walking um, strong in faith. I grew up Catholic and I had, had sort of wandered into more of a secular humanism and, and kind of a universalist outlook on life. But 
um, but I, I met uh, my now wife at that time, and, and she was a Baptist, and, and just kind of started getting back into a different um, way of engaging with God uh, than I had grown up knowing, and, and it just started to bring me um, where my heart could go in that right direction towards that personal relationship with Jesus, uh, and that's something which um, you know life circumstances just further and further strengthened over time, um, but. Uh, along that journey, it became clear that not only should I go um, to become an OBGYN, but really to become a reproductive endocrinologist to pursue this. By the time I finished that PhD and got back into clinical, I knew very clearly what I wanted to do. I went off and, and did an, an OBGYN residency. Um, and really amazingly, you know, I, I wouldn't have expected, but, but um, well, I, I don't know how much you know about the residency match process, but you're pretty much told where you're going to go. You get to state your preferences, but ultimately it, it's very much out of your hands. So in some ways, it's sort of the first moment for a person who has had uh, such a strong desire to control all of life's outcomes to feel that, you know, that kind of release of control. And, and at that point, you know, I had come to uh, to love the Lord and to be able to just release that and say, God, you know, where, where do you want me? And, and truly leaving that up to him. And he put me into um, a program at uh, Yale of all places where I met uh, with a bunch of other Christian uh, OBGYN men who it's, it's pretty uncommon to have uh, um, men in OBGYN nowadays, and also men of faith, and particularly in a place in the Northeast that has, you know, kind of a rather uh, kind of liberal and, and secular uh, kind of heritage uh, that's there most recently. So um, with that, that kind of cadre of men uh, around me, it just kind of further honed, hey, I can do this in a way that not only works to use that scientific knowledge that I've acquired, that clinical skill that I've acquired, but that truly can honor God because there are a lot of issues when a couple faces infertility that are so spiritually challenging, right? Places mm -hmm. that just get to the question of, hey, what am I called to do, right? This feels like a natural call in life for so many folks and to have that met with frustration um, and then to look to scriptural examples and, and so many of them where um, it is almost feeling like a curse from God that there's something that's punitive when infertility happens. Um, but what we know is that God is our redeemer, right? God is someone yes. who can take that uh, and um, and he does, right? He does take that which is in our past and he, um, he has forgiven us because now we, we live after, you know, after that great sacrifice of Jesus. So um, where we sit now and when we accept Jesus, right, we can have that opportunity for that curse to be lifted. And that's mm -hmm. something which um, I think folks need to be encouraged about. Um, additionally, right, there's all of the challenges of, hey, what's right to do, right? When we take yes. on technology to uh, pursue something that feels like a God-given dream, a God-given desire on our hearts, are we doing it in a way that is God honoring? And uh, admittedly, there are some aspects of fertility treatment that sure feel like they cross that line. And, and there are different viewpoints on that. And, and I recognize that every uh, individual and every Christian needs to come to what that right place is for themselves because, hey, all these technologies, they came after, right? They came after anything yeah. that's written in scripture. So we need to try our best to uh, discern the heart of God on this, but we can't we can't all land in the same place and we don't, but we mm -hmm. need to be thoughtful about that. Um, and therefore to be able to practice in a way that allows women and couples to do what does feel right to them. 
um, I think is critically important. Um, when I was doing this uh, kind of line of, of pursuit, I decided, hey, even though I, I kind of came up as a research scientist as well as a clinician, uh, my heart's in understanding more about, hey, how, how does how does God, how do faith communities speak into this process? So my research then shifted. I, after training, became a professor at Yale for three years. And during that time, my research focused on how clergy specifically and faith communities more broadly can walk alongside this uh, process of fertility and struggles with that uh, in a way that's healthy for women. In what ways does it end up not not being healthy and how can we understand that better and how can we all come to the table and work to do this in, in some way that honors. Um, and one of the things that, that was very interesting and in not my own research, but one uh, research article that stands out just from kind of what I found in the literature that really um, speaks to the importance of what the doctor can do in this was an article where uh, the the researcher, who's a PhD in Columbia, Columbia, New York, he had interviewed a bunch of doctors across the country and talked about, hey, how do you engage with uh, patients who have a faith tradition? That faith tradition mm -hmm. may set certain boundaries about what's going to be acceptable. Uh, and the one quote that was in his article just really, uh, just really broke my heart. And, and in it, it said, um, and, and I'm paraphrasing now, I don't have the quote before me, but um, essentially I drag my feet. I hope that they go somewhere else because I'm not interested in stuff that's not gonna work as well as what I know I can offer. And essentially, mm. you know, it, it kind of reflects that there are so many uh, clinicians that folks can work with who they're not interested in your boundaries. They're interested in their success rates. They're interested mm -hmm. in and kind of just kind of you you get on board with my plan or we're not we're not going to be a good pair but they don't even want to say that so that ends up being this uh, kind of drawn out dragging of feet and, and never kind of letting them go about things and that's just um, it's just heartbreaking right and I think it kind of speaks to the importance of being able to have an open and honest conversation um, if fertility treatments are, are right for a couple about what they feel, what are their values, and where are their boundaries that they don't want to cross, and how can we still give them effective treatments uh, despite that? And I think that that just needs to be an open part of dialogue, um, and it's helpful if you if you know that you've got a believer as as your clinician, mm -hmm. um, but it's maybe not essential, right? Maybe it's it's helpful, but it's not essential as long as that uh, clinician can respect where your boundaries lie, um, and that's something which I, I just think is so critically important. One of the other things which in uh, my own research, which kind of came to light was, hey, how, how do clergy and how do faith communities guide folks when they are engaging with these questions? You know, we've been trying for a certain amount of time and it's, and it's not happening, right? And sometimes the counsel that's given by clergy is, well, we're, we're going to be praying harder about this, right? We'll pray for you and pray harder. Uh, and that is so important. And that needs to be a, a part of that equation. Um, there are stories that to me feel so reassuring and encouraging that I hear. I, I had a, a patient not long ago, actually, who had been told 20 years ago, literally 20 years ago, that her tubes were blocked because of an imaging test that she had done when she was pursuing a fertility assessment. Um, and you know, she, she tried IVF, it didn't work. She went through a divorce. She now has a, a, a new husband and wanted to get pregnant with him and said, hey, I just want to 
I just want to double check that, you know, and she didn't tell me why she wanted to double check that, but we, we did a test and uh, on the imaging, uh, her tubes were, her tubes were wide open and she broke down in tears. Wow. And she told me that um, she had her prophetic word upon her, that her tubes would be opened. And wow. hey, I don't know, right. I don't know if that test was wrong the first time. I can't speak to that. Right. I, I don't, I just don't know. But what I can say is it's, it's sure an encouragement, right. When we hear, uh, a prayer when we hear a word of of positivity and encouragement towards us, and then we see evidence of that. Um, golly, that's that's why God wants to hear our prayers. He wants to know what's on our heart because He wants us to feel that encouragement that we know He loves us. We know He does listen, and that when we ask Him, we can receive. Right. So prayer um, is is something which is incredibly important. But sometimes, right, we know that sometimes um, God wants to work through the common graces of medicine, right? Of medical intervention, whether that's surgery, whether that's a pill that a person can take on injection, whether that's a fertility procedure such as insemination or IVF. Sometimes God can work through any of these ways and sometimes he wants to, right? And and we have to believe that that can be true as well. So I think that when a clergy um, hears that someone is having this struggle, the best um, counsel, it seems to me, from what most clergy found was working for them as they engaged with their with their parishioners was uh, specifically around okay we're going to be praying for you but yes. have you talked to a doctor have you tried to figure out what's going on is there something that can be fixed in some meaningful way and just use these things that have come about through right through the understandings that people have come to have that, that we've learned over uh, the development of of uh, of me- you know modern medicine mm-hmm Dr. Steven, oh my goodness. Like one, I feel a piece just of what you shared, you know, because I, you know, I have a story of infertility and pregnancy loss and just, I love just what you said is there was really no right or wrong, you know, answer of how to, you know, step into this journey. Um, I think our culture presents like this is either right or this is wrong or you do it or you don't do it. Um, And that was something, you know, hard for me that I had to, you know, be on one accord with my husband because, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, treatments like let's do it. And he's like, hey, I don't think God is calling us to do this. You know, I think we have a different path and a different journey, you know, and so just one to be able to seek the Lord to, um, you know, have the conversation, have the open conversation with your spouse. And then, you know, to talking it over with your doctor, because, you know, it's just, it's not a right or wrong or a black or white, or, you know, there's so much more that can go into it. And so I'm, I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. Yeah. And what you said, Nicole, I think it, and it just, it, it brings home a really important truth. And that is that, uh, there is that opportunity there for a couple to grow in closeness and communication mm-hmm. and to become of one accord. I think that's, that is, that's just such a pearl of wisdom. And I, and I think that that's something which, um, which needs, which needs to be heard because sometimes it can go the opposite way, right? That this can be a source of such conflict and tension and division. And I've seen that happen. And I've seen that where, um, that surrounds and, and one woman comes to my mind who, uh, you know, she was a, she was a believer and they, her and her husband found themselves with a, a genetically abnormal pregnancy. And in that situation, he felt so strongly that, that they should end that pregnancy. And she felt a lot of misgivings around that. Um, and ultimately they decided to go ahead and end that pregnancy. Um, 
And when they came to talk to me, it was about, hey, can we avoid that? Right? Can we avoid having to cross that bridge through something like IVF with genetic testing? And the answer is, yeah, we can. Um, but she had still so much grief over that conflict, over that decision. And it, and it became a place that was clearly creating a division within that couple. So I think rather than, um, you know, in, investing into that hard work of being together as a couple, seeking unity and not mm -hmm. seeking you know, one person kind of strong arm on the other in any way, but finding unity and letting that horizontal relationship only just grow closer through that vertical orientation, right? Praying on it, coming together in prayer towards that. Uh, and, if a, and if a clergy or other member of a faith community can help that dialogue along, perhaps that that's a great enabler towards that but uh but such a pearl right to grow together through this because it, it can go the other way yes um but in the research you know one thing that's fascinating is that so often women who are of faith and women who do choose to invite others in whether that's through uh, a group like 1212 whether that's through a uh direct kind of um kind of pastoral counseling um women who go through a fertility journey with that focus, they, in the end, when you look at kind of, you know, psychologic measures, they show so much what's called post-traumatic growth, right? Because infertility is for many women perceived and felt like a trauma would be, right? Yes. And to be able to grow through that rather than to be broken by that and faith and communities like we're speaking of, these things are, are just such a great way uh, to see that growth happen. And that's and that's a beautiful thing because we don't know what our journey is, right? We, we read in scripture about, hey, we are we are facing, right? We are facing the momentary afflictions, right? In, in, in Romans 8, right? We are, we are facing uh, the trials of today, right? We are facing whatever it is and we don't know um, what that journey looks like. But if we are growing closer to God as we engage with that, rather than retreating from him, seeing him as the giver, the redeemer and the savior and knowing that, hey, we are promised something great and that's heavenly, right? But let our lives grow towards him rather than be pushed away by this trauma. And so many women can through these communities and through these liaisons. Amen. I love that. Okay. I have one more question because sure. I think yeah. this, you know, may help take the pressure off, but can, you know, if, if someone's out there, they're looking for a physician, physician or doctor to kind of start their, you know, infertility journey, um, you know, can they ask, like, is it okay to ask, like, you know, because they want to be aligned with a faith-based, you know, doctor, you know, is that appropriate to ask? Like, can we make the yeah. ask when we're searching and looking and, you know? I, I, I think you can, it's not okay. often asked, but I will tell you, you know, I, I, for instance, I have, you know, I have the brochures from 1212 sitting in my desk and that's something mm -hmm. which it's a signage to people, right? They see that they see a verse from Romans sitting right there on my desk and, I've had so many women who say to me, hey, I, I see that there. Are you right? Are you a believer? And mm -hmm. then it starts a dialogue. So it's a it's a signpost that can be there. Um, I know that there are, you know, there are other uh, fertility doctors in town who they'll they might have a Bible sitting out in their waiting room among the reading material. And it's a good signpost that, hey, mm -hmm. my values and my perspective and where I'm coming from they're welcome here, right? And I think that that's um, a kind of soft way if that feels like an uncomfortable ask. But yeah, you know, if someone were to call, uh, you know, to, to schedule an appointment and they were to ask uh, the front desk, you know, or any of or any of your 
they're bringing your providers believers, right? They'd know, mm-hmm. right? My front desk knows how I feel about things. And, yeah. and I think that that's something that some people, they're just so grateful for. And I've heard some people who said, hey, I, I prayed for this, right? I prayed that I would be um, brought together with someone who um, sees things the same way that I do on this. Um, and I think that that's just such a place of reassurance and it's a place of connection that, hey, we can go uh, into this with openness. We can go into this with a degree of vulnerability about it and honesty and, and also knowing that, hey, like I'm right. I'm, I'm a, I'm a broken person. I'm a fallen person and Mm -hmm. I am also redeemed as well. Right. So there's no judgments, right. There's no place of looking at anything, right. Some women who are believers who have a history of a prior abortion, for instance, feel shame around that, or they don't want to talk about that. Hey, we're, we're made new in Christ, right? So we know that we're looking forward. We're not looking backwards. And sometimes those things can be just such a place of comfort. Um, I know I had, had one couple who I I took care of and, um, you know, just by praying with them on the day of an embryo transfer for IVF, like, you know, it it just brought her to tears. She said, I never thought this, this day could happen that I'd be here praying with my doctor. Right. And we're all humbly there together saying, look, we're, we're all doing our part. We're all doing our best, but ultimately this is God's work. It's in God's hands and like, glory be to him. And that's, that's something which, yeah, it, it can be a great reassurance. I think that's right. Yes. Thank you so much, Dr. Stephen, for today. <clears throat> you are really just such a wealth of knowledge. I love that. I just love your heart, heart for God and for his people. And so, you know, you really are a gift just to the infertility and loss community. And so just thank you so much for all that you are doing. Oh, it is my pleasure. And I, and I'm thankful for you and for what you're doing, both in, in kind of sharing uh, your own experiences and, and sharing together vulnerably with other, with other women and couples. I'm just thankful. Thank you. Okay. Dr. Stephen, really quickly, where yes. can everybody find you online? Yeah. So uh, if anyone has any questions, feel free to always email me um, S as in Stephen Collins at DallasFertilityCenter.com. Happy to take any, any questions that are emailed. It's no problem ever. Don't ever feel like it's an inconvenience. Um, Our practice website is called DallasFertilityCenter.com. And you can read more about the practice in general there, um, which I share with another physician. Um, And um, I'm not super active on Twitter, but I, I am at, at, S. Collins dot, I'm sorry, at S. Collins MD, PhD, um, and uh, not, not super active, but on there when I can uh, to share things that, that, feel, that feel important. So Awesome. Well, we definitely will put those in the show notes. But again, thank you, Dr. Stephen. Appreciate you. It is my pleasure, Nicole. Have a great day. Hey friends, thanks for hanging out with us today on the Purpose Beyond Motherhood podcast. If you are enjoying our episodes and our show, do me a quick favor, head over to where you listen to podcasts and give the show a rating and review. And also don't forget to subscribe because when you subscribe, more people are going to find out about our show. And that means we can make a larger impact for the kingdom and remind women that they are not alone in their current season. Also, we are on Patreon. So I want you to head over there, subscribe, get a membership. And we have so many fun things. We've got exclusive episodes, merchandise, stickers, so many fun things. And so we would love for you to join us over at Patreon. And then don't forget to check out 1212ministries.org. See you guys next week.